And here's an ad from our sponsors. Have you ever heard about Anchor? Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Iran. Okay, you need to, I'm going to try it. Iran Heiser. Yes, I did it. I was like, don't mess it up, Dagmar. Don't mess it up. <laughs> welcome, Iran. Welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I'm glad to, I'm so happy and so excited to have you here as well. Um, Iran, uh, you are originally from where? I'm originally from Israel, as you hear my accent. Currently, I live in uh, right outside of Los Angeles in California. Oh, okay. So you're now speaking to us from California. That's amazing. What part of California? So I'm the southern part of California. So it's it's called the San Fernando Valley. So I'm on the west side of the San Fernando Valley. It's about half an hour out of LA. If you go okay. north and uh, west. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, well, the first question that I have for you is, I mean, Aidan, how, how, I mean, let me just rephrase this. <laughs> rephrase the question um how do you got how i mean you you were born and raised in israel right yeah okay and then how, how was your life there how 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 you was your upbringing in israel yeah. so i grew up in the in a small it's called mushav it's a, a small community with about 48 49 families and what we did, we did ag agriculture. So we grew uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, flowers. We have apple trees in the back of the house. So it's a very um, open space because there was nothing around us, right? It's a very small area. So very um, barefoot most of the day, working out in the field with my parents, right? It was like a small business in the back of the house. It wasn't easy because... You know, a lot of the farmers then were really good in the farming part, but not so much in the business side of farming, right? So my dad was amazing in, in, in growing, you know, vegetables and flowers and all that, but the business side was a, a little bit challenging. So we had a lot of, you know, ups and downs financially. Um, so this is something that I grew up with. But the, the other side of it, I really learned what is hard work, being out in the field, connected to to the soil uh -huh. so as a kid i mean unfortunately i don't see it a lot today but as a kid being part of 
seeing when you put the seeds in, when you nurture the field, when, when you see the vegetables and the fruit grows and kind of being, being part of this process, this is, I think, is a gift for a kid to go through that process. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. So as you were growing up, what was your dream? Like <laughs> my dream in the, when I grew up then, my dream was maybe hopefully one day I'm going to be able to buy a house, right? Hopefully, hopefully. that was because, your dream. because I, you know, I, I, I've been seeing a lot of difficult times, right? And that there, there's a lot of limited beliefs that comes in with it. So my dream growing up in the Mushav that one day I'll, I'll be able to buy a house, live in the Mushav, and maybe have my own you know, farm at the back of the house. So this oh. was... <laughs> so, so that was your dream, just have a house. And so what inspired you to move into the United States and when do you move? So schooling was very hard for me. Um, I didn't do good in school. Um, you know, so when I joined the Israeli army, I knew I'm not going to go back to university after I go back to college. That's what's happening here. Mm -hmm. um, so right after I finished my service in the Israeli army, I worked as a bellboy and as a gardener in the city for about two months. And um, a good friend of mine was big on going to America, right? So we said, okay, what are we gonna do in Israel? There's nothing really for us here. We don't wanna go to school. Everything is super easy in America. Money grows on the trees. Every house comes with a pool. I'm serious, this is our conversation. Like uh -huh. yes, America is gonna be super easy. We're gonna, you know, I mean, if you find a tree, just, just send one my way. <laughs> so there is huge opportunities in America. You just really need to put the seed in and nurture it over a long period of time. And I think there is a tree, but it's it's your own, um, you're building your own tree. So, so there is that level of success here in America, but you need to work for it. You need to, you grind need to work for it. For it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like I like what you just said because actually people don't see themselves as seeds. We are seeds, and we just yeah. need to get you know that nurturing into ourselves, and especially love ourselves first, so yes. we can you know give back to people. And I like I like what you just said is so important and has so much value. That that small sentence that you just mentioned. So it you come into the United States thinking that you're gonna find money into trees and that everything is gonna be easy white picket fence and everything and you arrived here what happened yeah so we arrived here with uh, basically a thousand dollar right so we together i think we had between me and my my friend twenty five hundred dollar or three thousand dollar and we came here and it's like we we didn't speak the language um you know we're landing in lax not really knowing everybody and we're looking at each other and what are we doing now right and we knew Santa Monica, we knew that area, right, from movies and stuff like that. So we basically took a taxi, we got to Santa Monica, we're sitting out there, and then we heard, um, you know, two Israeli girls talking between themselves. And I'm like, okay, we're new here. What are we supposed to do? How do we find a place? And then they, I mean, we, we, we talked and something worked out and we found a place, but then we heard that there's a big Israeli community here in San Fernando Valley. So we came here and we basically hang out in areas that we know that we can see Israelis because we, we barely speak the, the language. The language. Right. So we needed to speak with somebody that speaks Hebrew. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> we met somebody that was nice enough and he introduced us to a guy that owned a carpet cleaning company. 
So because what we did in the Israeli army, um, he had a lot of respect to, for us. And he says, you, you know what? Go to this guy. He's going to help you. And um, he said, yes, I'm going to give you an opportunity. So he gave us a carpet cleaning machine. Um, we went on a training for about a day. Uh, before that, we bought a Volvo in 1978 for, I think, $800 or something like that. And um, we started. Oh, it's my gosh. So this is where our, like, our welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock from what yeah. you had in mind to what really came down to be. Um, yeah. I, I bet or I, I mean, I can, you know, try to put myself into your shoes and try to feel all the frustrations, you know, going through your head and, you know, all the doubts and questions of why you were doing this and why you were here. Do you at some point do you? Thought about going back to Israel? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's some point that was really hard. We, we barely had any money. We we shared a one-bedroom apartment with the five. I mean, the overall, we were like five, six guys. Very uncomfortable. You know, we're between buying the car to paying rent, we really had no money. Um, and, and, and it was hard. I, I remember a time that, that we wanted to call back home and um, we tried to use a, a payphone. And we're sitting there, and we, and you know, then when when you Back pick then. up, somebody <laughs> talks to you on the other side, and you say, "Okay, I need to make a call," and and we didn't understand what we're supposed to do. And I remember us sitting, I think it was on Sunset or somewhere, and we're sitting by a, a payphone, and we are laughing, but laughing from a sense of we are lost, like what are we doing here? <laughs> and you know, when I left Israel, and you know, I have no business education. We barely speak the, the, the language. So my family was sure like, okay, he's going to be back in a month, right? It's, it's, like, yeah, he's they're going not going to last. They'll be back here. Work. What are they going to do there? They don't really know anybody. So that was, a, that was a, a serious struggle. But at the same time, we had a very strong mindset. Like we, we're gonna, we have to make it. We, we didn't really have a choice. I, mean, I remember a time that, we bought food, our food, what we ate for months, I think, in the beginning. We bought uh, food in $0.99 cent store, right? So we right. had like $10 and we ate for, I think, for a week or so, right? Oh, we, wow. kept, we kept the, you know, the caps from a um, fast food drive. So we used to go back to drive-thru to get a free refills, right? So <laughs> we did whatever we can do just to, you know, just stay forward. Find our way, yes. Yeah, so exactly. But you know what? You just mentioned another another thing that I like. You said we had a strong mindset, and I think that's why you are here now today because of your strong mindset. Now, tell us what happened after that. How that strong mindset uh, paid out? So, as we worked in carpet cleaning, every so often we got a call for a flooded house. Right, so we got introduced to the restoration industry through the carpet cleaning. Now we didn't know anything about it, but what we recognize is there's a great industry, right? There's so much money to be made and we really can be there and help people. And the second thing that we recognize that that industry is really missing the good customer experience, right? We saw companies going in and out for houses that are completely flooded, mm -hmm. seeing the homeowners standing there completely lost, you know, it's an emotional disaster when your house is flooded. Like, what I'm going to do? How I'm going to survive? How I'm going to pay for it? Who is going to take care of the kids? Where I'm going to eat lunch? Right? As a mom, 
with, with two or three kids when you're going through a disaster, it's like, ah, what I'm going to do? And we saw a lot of the companies not really paying a lot of attention to the human side of it. So then we said, okay, there is an opportunity here. This is a great industry, and we see something that we can build really a unique customer experience. And this is how we came up with the idea of be the fresh start. Um, I mean, we didn't come up with the idea immediately, but this is something that was kind of developing as we're working with clients and we understand really what is important. So we, we decide that we want to go into that industry. And then the second part that really helped us grow the company really fast is, now this was 2003, I think, 2003, 2004. I'm sitting in, in, a, in, in, in a restaurant and I'm hearing people talking about Google AdWords. There is a way to advertise online. It's like, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. What is Google? What is online? How the thing works? Because then was everything was yellow pages and newspapers, magazines and all that. I'm like, okay. So I went back home that night and I'm sitting on the computer for hours, try to understand everything that I can. It's like, what is this Google thing? How can I advertise? How it works? And I remember I'm setting up the first ad then, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> day after, in the morning, I got the first call. And oh, then wow. Every day after that, we generate calls. So our business went from, you know, two guys in a truck to suddenly we have six, seven trucks. We have a lot of equipment. We have this big warehouse. And that was a crazy experience because we didn't know anything about scaling a business. We didn't really know so much about the industry. We didn't know so much about the mold and water and fire damage, but everything happened so fast and we stayed very focused on, we need to build a system without even understanding what what a system is because I never really worked for anybody beside in the farm and as a a bellboy and as a gardener, right? So Uh I didn't have a good experience. So between me and then my partner, we're like trying to figure out everything as we go. That's and, fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so that was a crazy experience because we we sold a lot. We didn't really make a lot of money because we didn't control the money right. So we tried to figure a lot of things as, as they happened. So that was very, very good experience. This is where we felt like, okay, now we're playing the game of business, right? Now we really, now we have a team, we have people, we have system, we have processes. What was, what was uh, now that you mentioned creating a system, which is actually uh, one of the most important things for every entrepreneur, um, it doesn't matter which walk of life or which kind of business you have, you need to build a system that works yeah. for your business and that works for you. Um, what was like the major, major roadblocks that you kind of like find doing that? Um, system development phase yeah. and how you yeah. overcome it so the when you start a business and especially when the business is growing fast you are doing everything as the business owner right and i'm sure a lot of people will relate to it you're the secretary you're the salesperson you're doing the work you're doing collection you're doing everything, everything. right and you get used to do it you and you get used to do it your own way and you forget to look at the business as a system so this is a challenge kind of to break out of it right and one of the things that i kept reminding is it was it didn't come easily but i was aware of what's going on as as it's happening so i start saying okay i understand that we do everything but what is it that we do how do we bring clients in how do we convert them into a paying clients 
How is our customer service? How is the customer experience? How is our collection? Even though we do everything, I start kind of dividing it into different departments and said, okay, this is how the flow in the business. Now, this is how we broke out, out of it and start looking at it as a system and says, okay, I need to find, I'm great at finding client. I'm not so good in doing the actual work. So if I'm going to spend more time bringing clients, I'm going to be able to afford somebody to do the work, right? And then I can bring more clients and then he can do more work. And then at that point, I can, I can uh, afford to pay for admin person, right? To manage kind of the paperwork and follow up exactly. and scheduling, right? So then when I have it in my mind, I said, okay, I need to do what I'm good at. Then I will bring people to help and then I can bring more people. And then I have a team and I'll start building a culture and all that. Now, it wasn't as easy as I'm describing it now because it took me a long time to understand it. How long it took you? <laughs> because I, I used to spend, one of the things is that I thought that I need to be good at everything, right? So if I'm good at sales, but I'm not good in operation, how can I spend more time of my day to day to become good in operation? And that's really a limited way to look at business. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm doing, I'm discount my own ability in generating more sales because I'm trying to get good in operation. Mm -hmm. And then at one point, as I'm going through the process and I'm learning how the business works, I'm like, okay, I have to stop. Like I need to understand my strengths and weaknesses. If my strength is sales, getting more clients, working on strategy, I cannot spend so much time in trying to get better in operation. I need to find somebody that is so good in operation that he's going to inspire me. Exactly. Right. And this, and, and that, this was years of self-awareness, understanding where you are, being comfortable enough to say I'm wrong. I don't know. Being comfortable enough to listen to your team. Right. Mm -hmm. Many, many times when you start a business, you're like, I know everything because I started this business and it needs to be done my way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a very, uh, this is no. That's, so, that's where being humble, uh, you know, comes in because as a business owner, you need to recognize the things that you're not good at and then accept that advice from, from yes. your, your team. Yes. And, and that's not an easy task to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not, this is usually people get to it if they are very, you know, grounded and comfortable Right. So the self-awareness part of seeing really who you are, and really what's going on. This is a huge part. Or when life slap you in the face and say, OK, something have to change here. Like exactly. something have to change. And this was part of my process. I went through ups and downs. Right. I kind of relived my I call it the metrics from where I grew up. Right doing good and then losing everything, trying hard and then going back to zero, trying, right? So I, at one point I says, you know what, enough. Like what's going on here? I'm working twice harder. I have more partnership. I have more things going on, but I'm, I'm stuck in these loops that I have to get out of it, right? I'm working hard and I'm exhausting myself. I'm not really happy anymore because I'm, you know, trying to get better in what I'm not good at. I don't really have the right team around me. It's just not working. And that was, okay, time to wake up, time to really yeah. see what's going on here. So that was part, a big part of my process. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So yeah. you went through all that process. How many years in business now? 
today? So we start franchising about nine, 10 years ago. And before that, so it's about 15, 15 years, 16 years in business now. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And now that you have all that experience, you have you are helping other entrepreneurs like that went came here into United States with the same dreams that you did years ago. Um, yeah. And you ended up writing books. Now you have like two books. Talk to us about that. Yeah. How, how do you what make you um, turn yourself into an author? So that. So one of the things that I see every day is I see great people, right, that go into, you know, restoration business, plumbing business, roofing business, any type of business, right? And they really come with the attention of, I want to build a great business. I want to live life on my own terms. This is my goals. This is my inspiration. And what I see that huge percentage of these people, and I think close to 85% of these people are getting stuck at the level that they have to be the business every day. So they're working in the business and they're not working on the business. Now, these guys are really great guys. They're really passionate about the trade. They're passionate about people, but they need to introduce some new discipline into their business. They need to understand what is to put a plan together. What is the strength of weaknesses? How to build a team? And then they can start working really on the business and live the life that they want. So it's something that I've been working with my franchisees and I've been working with thousands of salespeople over the past uh, 10 years and I'm seeing the same patterns again and again and again. Now, it took me 10 years, I think, to really figure things out and really, you know, the self-awareness and all that. So at one point, I'm like, okay. Now, I didn't believe that I ever going to write a book because I told you I failed in everything. Reading and writing is something that is very difficult for me. But one week and I said, if I'll write something for somebody and, and let's say he's sitting in front of me, how would I start the process? Can I, mm -hmm. where, what will be the first chapter? What will be the last chapter? So I spent an hour over, I think it was Saturday, and I put a chapter on. I said, you know what? It's going, right? So I went back on Sunday and I said, let me just expand a little bit on each chapter. I said, okay, it's going. Right. So every day I spend about half an hour, an hour, just keep putting things in it, recording voice, kind of put, putting it together. And after, I think, 10 or 15 days, I'm like, OK, wow, there's a book. Right? <laughs> so as I go through my own process, believing that I can going through it, right, going through the steps and like, OK, here's the first book. I can write a book. So then, then I wrote the second book. I said, okay, now that I'm helping people see the business more as a system and really break it down into departments and, and, and showing them how to bring their soul into the business and also understand the financial part, the second book that I wrote was all about mindset. All about, because I think 99% of your success is your mindset. mindset. It's all about you need to evolve if you want a business, if you want your business to evolve. I'm telling people, if you're not living life on your term, it's because you didn't become the person that's supposed to have everything that you have. That's right? true. So your view of yourself, your view of the world, the story that you're telling yourself, it's what's stopping us to get to where we want to get. So That's correct. And, and then you like it so much writing books that you already have your third one on, on, yeah. on the shelves. Like um, <laughs> it's almost there. It's like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I'm not a good author. And then all of a sudden you, you're writing three books. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're so inspiring. So uh, where people can find those books. So I, I build a website that's called getoutofthetruck.life that is up here now. And there you can find books and you can find free eBooks. I also, to get over my own fears of what I'm doing now and keep experimenting, I also created about 35 short videos that really walk you through the entire process of building a business, mindset, building a team, working with your team. So I created all these videos. And we also created, because I have a development team now, because I have a big team around me now, so it's easier for it's me easier. to move and create all the things that I'm creating, right? I'm, I'm, I really feel blessed that I can able to execute on everything that, that I want to execute. So we created a super simple tool for business owner that you can really create a business plan in five minutes. We ask you a question about what's your goals, what's your revenue drivers, what is your expense? And we're doing all the math in the back end for you. And then here is a business plan. Now, the reason that I created that tool first is so many people are overestimating what they can do in one year, but underestimating what they can do in five years. Mm -hmm. So I see too many business owners saying, okay, I'll do the same thing myself. Like I want to, you know, do $10 million in the first 12 months. Now it's, it's not really real. They, they have nothing to support it. So they are setting themselves for failure. Mm -hmm. So they're setting up this crazy goal. They don't have a plan. 99% of them will fail and then they're giving up on their idea. So I'm saying, okay, let's build a plan, a vision that you can execute on, that you can understand how the number is supposed to come together, how the system is going to work all together. Mm -hmm. And when you have a plan in front of you, that will help you to stay focused. That's right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the gifts that we have is creativity. The curse that we have is we over-creative. Exactly. So we have this opportunity and this opportunity and that opportunity, right? And then we're finding ourselves the end of the year is like all spread out. <laughs> all spread out. We worked super hard, but we didn't get anywhere. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. at one point before I, th I started the process of self awareness, I had like six different partnerships. I invested in real estate, I had kiosks in malls. I, I spread myself so thin. Mm -hmm. At one point, I'm, I, I went back and I just I, I gave up on a lot of the partnership. And I says, listen, I have to change it. I have to be exactly. super clear. Yeah. It's moving away from chasing money to really putting value first, solving a problem, doing something that is meaningful, mm -hmm. right? developing that culture in your company. That's that's the beautiful things to do and build. So, yeah. Oh my God, your story is so amazing and you are so inspiring. I am so blessed to have you here today, Aiden. Like, it's so amazing. And I'm definitely going to look for those books, especially your third one, yeah. um, which is just coming out soon. So, well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, I am pretty sure our audience had a lot of information just by hearing your story. And I hope that they get and got so inspiring that they decided to become fearless and chase for the dreams. Awesome. So thank you so much, Aiden, for being here again with us. And we guys see you on Friday with the amazing Jill Wright. 
She is our expert in connection. So don't miss out on the next episode of the Be Fearless podcast here on Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. with us. Thank you don't much. forget to unlock, unlock your potential and be fearless. Bye-bye.